So here we go. We're talking about the unshakable life this morning. And the unshakable person, the, the person who lives an unshakable life, that is the person that builds their life on the unshakable word of God. Because that person is now anchored, that person is immovable, and that person is indestructible. And by the way, what I want to tell you, if you go to Psalm 119, we can rely on the word of God. Psalm 119, 160 says, the sum of your word is truth. Now, I just want to tell you something this morning. Who, which of your friends, which of your parents or siblings, which of your children, which of your leaders, world leaders, which of your religious leaders, can you look at and say, as I look at all of the words you've said from birth until now, and I add them all up, the sum of your words are truth. Who can say that? None of us can say that. I'm not talking bad about you, you know, but don't act like you ain't never lied in your life. Come on now. I mean, we're going to be real this morning. God's word, you can look at and say the sum of your word is truth. All of it put together. There's not one word that fell to the ground. That's an untruth. Every word God spoke and every word he ever will speak comes to pass. Why should we build our lives on the unshakable word of God? Well, Psalm 119 tells us, according to Psalm 119, the word of God is a way of happiness. Right there in verses 1 and 2. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his commandments, who keep his testimonies. Blessed are those who seek him with their whole heart. You might look at this first verse here and say, hmm, blessed are those whose way is blameless. Well, Brother Mike, that's not me. I'm not a blameless person. But let's look at how the psalmist defines being blameless. He says, who walk in the law of the Lord? Well, still you say a person is blameless that walks in the law of the Lord. Well, I don't walk in the law of the Lord. Well, let me just uh, give you what the law of the Lord is. What's the law of the Lord? The law of the Lord is about forgiveness. You can't be forgiven or forgive unless a transgression has been committed. And so what God is saying is not that you have never transgressed, not that you have never fallen short, not that you have never sinned, not that you have never failed, but have you sought my face for repentance and forgiveness? That's walking in the law of the Lord. So as long as you realize where you are and say, look, I'm going to go back to the Lord like the prodigal son, you're walking in the law of the Lord and you're blessed. Also, look at verse 6. I'm just going to skip down here. Then I shall not be put to shame. Listen, the unshakable word of God is one uh, that if it's in you, you'll never be in shame. You won't be shamed. Go down to verse 9. It says, how, how, how can a young man, I'm reading from the English Standard Version, by the way. How can a young man keep his way pure? How? By guarding it according to your word. The way of the Lord is safety. It keeps us safe. Drop down to verse 24. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Listen, you want good counsel? There's good counsel in the word of God. Let me give you a couple more. 
Look at verse 28. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. The law of the Lord and the word of God is strength. In case you don't understand what I'm doing, I'm making a case for building your life on the word of God and not building it on what you know to be of the world, the world's economic system, your 401k, your retirement, your savings account. All those things are good and we should build all of that up. But you can't build your life on that because it could be gone in a moment. Come on. I'm talking about the word of God. Look at verse 43. It says, and take not the word of truth uh, utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. My hope is in your law. The word of God gives us hope. God's verbal revelation, whether it's spoken or whether it's in redemptive history, as we see in the Bible, it is unfailing and it is perfect. As the people of God, we believe the word of God can be trusted in every way, shape, or form. It is what is true, and it is what is right, and it provides to us what is good. I'm just trying to tell you this morning as we're getting started. I won't be before you long, but I want to tell you that the unshakable person builds their life on the unshakable word of God. Not the shakable word of man, not the shakable word of the economy, not the shakable word of politicians. Come on, somebody, if I can just be real about it this morning. Not the shakable word of people in your family. Not talking bad about them, but we're human beings. We disappoint each other. Not making a negative confession, I'm just telling you the truth. God never disappoints. So build your life on the unshakable word of God. What we do is when we're going to build our life on the unshakable word of God, we need to make some faith declarations, right? You can't even get saved. You can't go to heaven without making a declaration because Paul said, believe in your heart and do what? Come on, somebody. Confess with your mouth, not with your mind, not with your thoughts, not with your dreams. He said, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. And so we're going to make some faith declarations. What a faith declaration does is it unites your heart and your mouth together, come on, with the uh, unshakable word of God that you can declare by faith his unshakable word. Look at Psalm 27. Flip over there. Psalm 27, we started out talking about the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Right there in verse 1, the Lord is the strength of my life. We talked our first week about I will live life strong. Come on, I'm going to live life strong. I'm not going to shrink back in life. I see there a lot of bad things are going on in the world. A few bad things have happened to me, but guess what? I'm not going to just sit there and take it. Come on, I'm going to fight back. And the way you fight back is with the word of God. Then David went on to say, one thing I have desired of the Lord is that I might dwell in the house of God forever. We talked about I will love God's house passionately. I will love the house of God. If you'll build his house, come on, he'll build your house. And I'd rather have God build my house even than me building my own house. Come on. He went on to say, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I'll offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing praises to the Lord. He said, guess what? Uh, I, I will. I'll have an overflowing heart. I'll have an overflowing heart. <laughs> My heart said to you, your face will I seek. And then David said, guess what? Don't hide your face from me. Don't hide it from me. I'm going to hold my head up above my enemies. I'm going to have an overflowing heart, and I'm going to turn to you, God, at all times. 
Everything that I do in my life, I'm going to turn to God. Where else are you going to turn? Do you remember if you ever read your Bible in this one particular passage when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was giving them some, some very hard truths because he said, I am the bread of life. Eat my flesh and you'll live. Drink my blood. That, that sounds kind of harsh. And when he began to say that, a lot of disciples began to fall away. They said, man, this is, this is a harsh saying. I don't understand what he's saying. Then he turned around and he looked at his 12 and he said, will you leave as well? Are you going to leave me as well? And Peter, though he didn't understand fully what Jesus was saying, said, where else are we going to go, Lord? You have the word of life. Where else are we going? I don't understand everything you're saying, but where else am I going to go? And so what, what was Peter saying? I will turn to God at all times. Even when I don't understand him, I'll turn to him. Come on. We're talking about living an unshakable life. Maybe you don't want to live an unshakable life. Maybe you like the shakable life. Maybe you like drama in your life. Maybe you like one day I'm up and one day I'm down and, uh, you know, all of those things affecting you. Maybe you like stress and high blood pressure and, uh, you know, a high glucose level. I don't know about you. Maybe you like headaches and uh, all kind of itises and arthritis and all kind of, maybe you like those things. But as for me, uh, I would just assume do without all of that. I would just as soon live an unshakable life in the midst of everything that's coming against me. Storms are coming, but guess what? I'm walking right on through it, no problem. It comes from a high, it comes from low, comes from both sides, the back, the front. Even with all of that, I'm walking right through it because I'm living an unshakable life. Our declaration this morning is I will walk on a level path. I will walk on a level path. What does this mean for us this morning that I will walk on a level path? Well, walking on a level path simply means that even though the ground looks a little bumpy and shaky, and even though the city is not fixing all these potholes they're supposed to be fixing, come on somebody, as I drive through, when I drive through, it's going to be a smooth sailing. I'm going right over the potholes. I'm going right over the obstacles that are in my way. I will walk on a level path in verse 11 and 12 of Psalm 27. He said, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, David said, for false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence. What is our declaration saying? What we're saying with our declaration this morning is that I will choose. Now listen closely because it is a choice for us. I will choose a lifestyle of integrity, come on, and I will walk according to the principles of God's word. What is he saying? He's saying, I will learn God's ways and I will walk on a level path. How do we walk on a level path? Well, David said it, I will learn God's ways. How do you do it, Lord? That's how I want to do it. How do you do it? You were able to do it when you walked the earth. How were you able to do it? David said, teach me your ways and lead me in a plain path. Now, path here we're talking, it refers to the direction that you're going. The way is what you've paved out before you. Come on. It is the way in which you live your life, the moral character that is reflected in your manner of living. Often, it refers to the actions or behaviors of a person. Come on. 
We're talking about you're going to get to a place that your actions lead you. Now, I, I, I believe that God has predestined us for great things. I believe that we are kings, come on, and priests. We are the royal priests. And I, I wonder if people really knew who they were, would they act the way they do sometimes? If you really knew who you were, would you act and react the way that you do sometimes? I don't know. But we're kings and priests, and you are, you are a royal priesthood, and God has called you to sit in heavenly places. He's called you to discern situations. He's given you strength. He's not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Come on. God has called you to be an overcomer. But even with all of that, we still end up, folks, where our decisions take us. You are today where you decided to be yesterday. Now, sometimes we don't believe that, but I guarantee you, if you go back in your life a few months, a few years, and you relook at the decisions that you've made, you will then have to look in the mirror and say, yep, you know what? I'm exactly where I said I would be. Uh, and, and this is exactly what I said I would have. You said it. You declared it with your mouth. You are where you said you would be. Sometimes we say things. That's why we're talking about making faith declarations. And they're just off the cuff. And we don't realize what we're speaking into existence when we say these things. When you speak over your children and when you speak over your own life. A lot of times we say these things and it just, the devil grabs a hold of it then. The devil's not magic. And guess what? He can't even read your mind. That's why it's so important with what comes out of your mouth. Only the Lord can read your mind. And your wife if you're married sometimes. But only two that can read your mind. Your enemy can't read your mind. But when you begin to speak it, he says, yeah, now I got something to grab a hold of. Yeah, he kept saying he was sick and he kept saying uh, this and that. And guess what? Now I got something to grab a hold of I can put on him. And so we got to be careful of what we say. But your path, it refers to the direction that you're going based on your moral character, your integrity, your decisions, and what you say, what you speak. In the Old Testament, way and path, they're both used together. Way meant your behavior, the way you live, and path meant the direction that you were going. Where are you going to end up? Where are you going to end up? You're going to, you're going to walk a plain and smooth path? Where is your destiny? See, our destiny is, it, re, it really refers to the result of the, ultimately of the choices that we make in our life's journey. Where are you going to end up? I'm pausing here because I want you to really think about this for a moment. You know, as we've gone through this series, something came to me that we've been talking about living the unshakable life for some weeks now. And what I perceive uh, and I was going to just kind of keep this to myself, but I think it, 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 it merits or warrants uh, being spoken out. What I perceive is that, you know, some of us who hear this message, we say, yeah, I, I believe that. It, unshakable life. I believe in the unshakable word of God. But really what we mean is we believe it on Sunday, uh, but kind of during the week we forget, not on purpose, but we kind of forget about the unshakable life. You know, we lead, we lead a shakable life. And then we come back again on Sunday and say, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that, the unshakable life. Some of us are that way. 
Some of us listen to and say, yeah, I, I agree that there is an unshakable life to be lived, but that's for other people who read the Bible. That's for other people who study more than me. That's for other people who are more spiritual than me. And I want to tell you something about being spiritual. You are a spirit. You, the real you is a spirit. Come on. The real you and your spirit communes with the Holy Spirit. And so can I tell you something this morning? You're spiritual. You are spiritual. Now whether you follow God and you're holy spiritual, that's a different story. <laughs> but you are spiritual. So don't leave this to somebody else. We need to say, this is me. I'm living the unshakable life. We need to declare that. Somebody say, this is me. I'm living the unshakable life. We need to believe that in our heart. This is not for someone else. This is for you and I. And our destiny lies in what we speak and even what we believe right here, right now in this moment. Right now in this moment, our destiny lies on what we believe and what we speak. You see, God, all God needs is for you to believe him. A lot of people think, well, I need to be, I need to clean myself up. I need to stop smoking. I need to stop with this habit. I need to not do that. And I need to do that. Uh, then when I do all of those types of things, now I can be, uh, go in and live the unshakable life. And God is saying to you, no, no, come to me right now, just as you are, just as you are right now. Let me teach you how to live the unshakable life even with all that you've got bring me your failures bring me your offenses bring me uh, your sin bring all of it everything that you are and everything that you've done and all the thoughts that you've had bring them all to me and let me teach you that's why David said teach me your ways O Lord teach me your ways how do you do that how do you love that way because I can't do it. You can't clean yourself up and then come to God. So we're talking about the paths that people choose. Well, the paths that people choose sometimes destroy them. What are paths that we choose that destroy us? Well, there are some obvious ones. The first one, the path of sinful behavior. We know that that destroys us. And what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the paths that destroy you, I'm not talking about things that you do every once in a while or something that you do and then you go to God and ask for forgiveness. I'm not talking about one-offs. I'm talking about a path that leads to destruction. I'm talking about things you do over and over and over again. Those things that become habits in your life. They can, a habit of sinful behavior leads to destruction. What about a path of immorality? Yeah, that's, that's just like sinful behavior. I mean, if I'm an immoral person, if I don't treat people right, it's not just sexual immorality. Uh, we, can, we can have a, a heart that is to deceive. Come on, I'm always trying to get over. I'm always cheating on my taxes. You know, I take a little extra when I'm not supposed to, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, that's living a life of immorality, and we don't want to live that life. Come on. We want to live a life uh, of following the Word of God. Proverbs 5, 6 says, lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable. You do not know them. God is telling you to think about it. Think about what you're doing. You ever had your mom or your dad tell you, think about what you're saying before you say it? Come on. Take a moment, pause, and think about it. Here's a path that I, now pay attention to this one now because I think this is an important one. I think it's one we take for granted. The path of forgetting God. And I say we take it for granted because some of us will say, well, you know, 
Michael, I, 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 I know God. I don't forget God. When I say forgetting God, I don't mean forget that God exists. What I'm saying is forgetting that God is everything in your life. Forgetting that you turn to him at all times. Forgetting that your most important relationship is with him. But we put our relationship with our spouse and our boyfriend and our girlfriend and our children above the relationship that we have with God. And it seems like the right thing to do, but when we do it, you're slapping God in the face because he's saying, I created you and your children. I know what's best for both of y'all. My relationship with you is most important. So we cannot take the path of forgetting God. And then there's also a path of darkness. Come on, where we, we're not looking for the light. We're not looking, uh, we're not putting God's word before us because God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But instead of doing that, we follow the path of darkness. So we got all these paths that lead to destruction. Let's not talk about those. What, what do we do? Come on, teach me your ways, Lord. What paths do we need to take that will fulfill our destiny? Well, number one is the path of the Lord, obviously. David said it, teach me your ways, uphold me in your paths that my footsteps may not slip. And then the path of God's presence. This is the opposite of the path of forgetting God. Again, remember, it's not forgetting that God exists. It's forgetting that God is everything in your life. It's, it's forgetting that God is not the co-pilot, but God is the pilot, the car, the gas, the pistons, and everything else in there. Amen. God's all of that. And so when you talk about the path of God's presence, I want his presence with me all the time. We're talking about the straight path and the path of righteousness. These are the paths that lead uh, to your destiny being fulfilled. What about the path of God's commandments? Teach me your ways, tell me, oh God. We look at God's commandments sometimes as things that are heavy burden, but you know what Jesus said? He said, just take my yoke upon you, put my yoke on you, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do what I say do and it'll be easy for you. And I want to throw this one at you. I threw this one in there because I think it's important. There is a path of abundance. I just want to remind you that God doesn't do anything halfway. God does everything in abundance. Come on. I mean, if God, if God was going to make a cake, he put two sticks of butter in there. And it would be healthy because God was making it. I wish the Lord would make me a cake. But anyway, I mean, he doesn't do anything halfway. He does things with abundance. Come on. Over and above all that you can ask or think. That's the Lord that you serve. Think about him creating the universe. We talked about this before. He created uh, the earth. And to him, how big? I don't know how big the earth is to him. Maybe this little? And he put people on it. Sent his son to save the people on this little planet. And he created all this other stuff. Billions of stars. Why? I don't know why. Because he, he's like, because I could. I do things in abundance. I don't know if there's life out there. But I know there's a whole lot of space. I was, Jim and I were talking, Brother Jim and I were talking on Wednesday night, and I just think it, it bears saying, Brother Jim, that, you know, God, God is a creator, it's in him, and I just wonder if he just still isn't creating. How big is he? I don't know how big the universe is, but all I do know is that uh, God is too much. Amen. You know, God is too much. I mean, I know he lives here in Bloomington, he lives in Terre Haute, he lives in Indy, but you know what town God really lives in? You appreciate this, honey. He lives in a town called Too Muchereville. I mean, it's just, it's just too much. It's just way too much. But that's how God is. 
He, he, God is all about abundance, more than enough. And it's not an abundance so that you can just waste. It's an abundance that you might bless others. That's why, that's what abundance is all about. Amen. It's about being blessed to be a blessing. That's, and if you lose sight of that, you lose sight of what true prosperity and abundance is about. But God is the God of abundance. And so how do we do this, Brother Mike? How do we do this? How do we choose a path of unshakable destiny? Well, I want to just give you about four things here. And you might want to write these down if you haven't been writing things down. Write these down. First of all, this first one here, and I want to tell you, no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how long you've known the Lord, I think this very first one you'll appreciate. And I think those that have known the Lord the longest would appreciate this very first one the most. And that's have a teachable spirit. Be teachable. Don't think you know. You ever known somebody that seemed like they know everything? Yeah, I mean, they just, they seem like they know everything you say, they got an answer for it. And they just know everything. And God's saying, listen, you don't know everything. <laughs> Have a teachable spirit. Uh, no matter how old you are. I was at my mom's birthday party last night, 75 years young. And, uh, you know, we was, her and I took a moment there and we were talking. And uh, she brought this very point up. She didn't know I was preaching this this morning. But I said, Mom, what has, uh, I said, you know, you still seem young. You're out there dancing and, uh, you know, having a good time. And, you know, what, what, is, what has kept you all this time? She said, I just stayed teachable. I stayed teachable. Even now at 75, I'm teachable. Have a teachable spirit. Teachable spirit means you're ready to receive. You're ready to receive instruction at all times. Number two, align your life with God's principles. Don't just make up your own principles as you go through life. God has some principles that, listen, it's, listen, it's not a burden. If you would align your life with God's principles, you would live a successful life, I guarantee you. Success is in your hands. God's, he, said, he said, look, I put before you life and death. And you know, it would have been enough for God to do that because that's all he needs to do. It's just say, look, I'm giving you a choice. I put before you life and death. But you know what he went on to say? He, he gave us a little nudge, just like a good parent. Choose life. Just tell you a little secret. I put before you life and death. You have the choice, but choose life. Choose my ways. Choose my principles. Align your life to God. Now, what does that mean, align your life to God's principles? That's a whole message in itself. But that means everything that you do, how you deal with people, all of your relationships, align it with God's principles. Don't be unequally yoked to people. Come on. Align your life with God's principles. Treat people the way you want to be treated, not the way they treat you. Amen. Too many of us listen to that little uh, saying we call it the golden rule that Jesus said, and we hear one thing, but really what we interpret is treat people the way that they treat you. That's the way we interpret it. But really what Jesus was saying was treat others the way you want to be treated, regardless of how they treat you. Ooh, that's a hard one now. That's a hard one. I know it's a hard one. But I guarantee you, if you would align your life with that principle, you'd be walking on water. You'd be walking on your circumstances. And nothing anyone says would bother you. Come on. Live your life in such a way that if somebody talked bad about you, nobody would believe it. Come on. There are some people I know that way. That if somebody said something bad, they came to me and said, you know, your wife, uh, you know, she just did this and she just talked about that person and she unjustly fired that person or she did this. I wouldn't even believe it. I, I would not believe it. I, I would say, oh, go on. I don't believe you because I know her character. 
Live your life in that way. Align your life to God's principles. Two more. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes. We all make mistakes. Come on. We all have been there. Maybe we didn't pay a bill on time. You know, maybe we bounced a check. I know a lot of people don't know what checks are. There's these little paper documents that we used to write when I was growing up. <laughs> or maybe you overextended. Maybe you bought something that, you know, was out of your price range. Maybe you, uh, you know, hooked up with this one guy. You knew he wasn't no good, but he kind of looked good, you know, because he looked like Chris Hemsworth. So, you know, all his bad uh, attitudes you kind of put on the side for a moment, uh, you know. And uh, so maybe you made a mistake there. I don't know what kind of mistakes you've made. But God is not uh, smacking you around for your mistakes. But what happens is you end up smacking yourself around when you don't learn from your own mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. Go through life. I'm a person that says, listen, go for it. Pray about it. And if you believe it's the Lord, go for it. Don't wait till you're 40, 50, 60 and say, man, you know, if I would have ever tried that thing, I wonder what would have happened. Well, don't wonder. That's just your own fault because you should have done it. <laughs> Should have prayed about it. If you felt a peace about it, go for it. Do it. And guess what? If it's a mistake, God will tell you. He, he's faithful that way. All he wants is your heart. If he has your heart, listen, you can go out and mess up and stumble around and God say, listen, uh, I'm your father. That's not what I wanted you to do. He might even smack you around a little bit, but it's for your own good. God loves you. Remember, God loves you. God loves you. He won't do anything to hurt you. Everything he does is to get you on the right path everything he does and so learn from your mistakes and let me just tell you the last one this is an easy one learn from others mistakes you know we don't do that a lot of times we see other people make mistakes and we do the exact same thing you don't want to know why because we think it's not going to be me I, I hear about that in sports all the time you know, where people, uh, you know, they, 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 they try drugs or they try, you know, uh, PEDs, you know, or whatever it might be. And uh, people have done it before. You ever wonder why do people get addicted to things? If you're addicted to something, we're all probably addicted to something. You can be addicted to Pepsi, right? Just ask my mom, <laughs> okay? So, so uh, it's not a negative confession, but I know in this flesh, it seems like sometimes we're all addicted to a TV show or, you know, whatever it might be, or, you know, pie, sweet potato pie, apple pie, there's a little hint, some kind of whatever. But, you know, we're all maybe addicted to some things, right? But you ever wonder how people get addicted to things, especially because there's nothing new under the sun. People have tried cocaine before and they have got addicted and they've died and they look terrible and all of these things have happened yet you gonna try it I, I, I don't understand that <laughs> but I can't talk about people because I do the same thing you know I mean look people have tried my mother-in-law sweet potato pie before and now they're just begging her for more pie I've seen it happen but then I'm gonna try it too you know we do it I don't know why we do it <laughs> But listen, God is telling us this morning, learn from others' mistakes. You see what they did. You see how they failed. You encourage them and then learn from their mistakes. Don't do the same thing that they do. Proverbs 13, 20 says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. If we want to live an unshakable life this morning, I guarantee you, if you'll take a chance, take
take a chance on God, align your life and your ways with his principles. If you'll say in your heart and with your mouth, teach me your ways, oh God, how do you do this thing? And not worry about being embarrassed, being embarrassed because other people call you a church person or worried about other people uh, looking at you because you haven't lived the life that they've lived. You don't know other people. You don't know what kind of life they've lived either. I say, I say this to you, and I'll leave you, I'll leave you with this, is that no one can shake their finger at you or wag their head at you. The people do it, but they can't do it because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Come on. Wages of sin is death, and we've all fallen short. So take a chance on God, on asking him to teach you his ways this morning.